Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lefko and Chris Sims. And there it is, the Sims and Lefko Podcast, post-Super Bowl edition. Adam Lefko here. Chris, good to see you. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you, Josh Fedrick. Good to see you as well, my friend. Producer Josh. Great to see both you guys. By the way, Josh, my girlfriend thinks that you have a good voice for being a podcast Thank person. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because it's more airtime. Yep, and you're done. All right. The New England <laughs> Patriots win the Super Bowl 28-24. to Tom Brady is your Super Bowl MVP. Russell Wilson throws an interception to Malcolm Butler, undrafted, first career interception. It's the thing that no one can – I don't think I can stop talking about it. Last play of the Super Bowl, let me set it up a little bit more. Fourth quarter, Seahawks were up 10 points. Patriots drive back, score back-to-back touchdowns. Everything seems for naught. Seahawks, desperation heave down the sideline to curse. Razzle, dazzle, bounce around, catches it, Antonio Freeman style few plays later, ball on the one, 50 seconds left and dwindling, and instead of running it in on second down with one timeout in the can, Daryl Bevel, and apparently Pete Carroll, I don't think that's true, <laughs> call a pass play, a pick play, which I think is the theme of 2014 football. And it's interesting that it, that, that it happened there. A pick play for Ricardo Lockett goes underneath. Butler breaks on the ball, picks it off. And I'm seeing videos of Seahawks fans breaking their televisions. Awesome video, disgust. by the way. D- guy dives through a, a television screen. Josh will tweet that out. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. The final score, 28-24. to 24, And one guy, one man on this podcast was pretty darn close in his <laughs> prediction. My thoughts anyways. So now you got to pick something Plagiarizing. different. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I will take the Patriots. I will acknowledge that if I if I could have a pick, I here's how I look at it. If there's <laughs> if there's one quarterback the Seahawks can absolutely feast so on, I'm kind of washing out the back Tom Brady. Right. But if there's one OC that's going to find a wrinkle Ooh, in the Seahawks and he did and take advantage of it, Josh, I think it might be Josh. That scares me as well. Yes. All right. So what's I'm my prediction? Go Patriots. What's your score? I am going to go. Damn. 27 24. Unbelievable. Okay, close one. 
Very, you hear my dramatic pauses? Yes. That yeah. was really good. Really set the tone. I was off one point, 28, 24. Yep. Uh, you know what? And I think with that being said, Adam Lefko wins the first annual podcast pick 'em. You're the champ. I'm the chump. You're the champ. Wow. It feels, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it feels great. Um, but what doesn't feel great, and I'm just going to put it out there. That game, the way it ended, I feel unsatisfied. And, and I know that we've had this conversation. I've heard you on radio all the time. It's, it's not about the best team. You believe that the Seahawks had the better 53 players. Right. But coaching is important, and the Patriots outcoached them clearly because that last play was all about coaching. Coaching's more important in football than any other sport. Uh, look, the amount of preparation you guys do, coaching and, and getting with your P's and Q's, absolutely. I, I just – I really feel – like something was stolen from me. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I hear what you mean. You know, it, you that, were rooting for the Hawks at the uh, end of the game, as I was. I what I was really rooting for, and you know this because I was saying this. Right. I was at times rooting for the Patriots. Yeah, you were. You wanted a good game. I just wanted a great game, and I know it came down, but it felt like the way that story was going. It was a if if they would have handed off to Marshawn and he fumbled it, and right. the Patriots got it, sure. But when you have the guy that consumed our consciousness for two weeks, not talking to the media, saying certain quotes to the media. The, the last two weeks was Marshawn Lynch. And in the greatest moment, to give him the ball, that could have been it, and he didn't get it. Right. And I, I feel like something was stolen from me. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I don't have a, the biggest problem with the pass play call. You, you've heard me vent on this. so yeah, You, you know. say it was the call that was made, not the fact that it was Yeah, as soon as they broke the huddle and I saw the stacked receivers on the right in the two-on-two matchup, I could have predicted that's what they were going to. That's the play they were going to run. They were going to run that pick play. Sure. They do it all year long in the red zone, uh, and I think it's just double stupid to do it a guy against a guy like Bill Belichick who plays percentages. He's a numbers guy, yeah, and, and he if, knew that was. Coming. And if you have a tendency, and then you hear all the interviews after the game, yeah, they knew it oh, was coming. I forget which Seahawk player it was, but he said, "Did you see how he broke on the ball? It's as if he knew it was going to happen." No doubt about it. I mean, Malcolm Butler. Let's not take anything away from, but he, oh, Richard Sherman, or Darrell Revis. No. That's the greatest break he ever made on a ball in his life. So all you need honestly, is one to be a legend. No doubt. All you need is one. So for everyone who knows, uh, of course, here on the Sims and Lefko podcast, everybody gets a curse word. We'll get to that soon. We're going to have Michael Felder on very shortly. All he is doing is breaking down Katy Perry. I want to hear a breakdown of the halftime show. And then your dad, Phil Sims, is coming on. My dad, Phil Sims, he'll be here. Um, one, one thing I think, the, the, other, the, re, the reason I'm so sad about what was stolen from us, there was an opportunity. If Marshawn scores that touchdown, he would have rushed for about 110 yards, 108 yards. He would have had two touchdowns, and there would have been a good case that he could have been MVP. Yes, right. He wins MVP. We get a few great moments. We get Marshawn Lynch looking into the camera and going, I'm going to Disney World, which <laughs> would have been amazing. And second, we could have had Marshawn Lynch in Disney World on a float with Mickey Mouse. I would have liked to have known if Marshawn Lynch would have been the Disney World guy. Not always true. Ray Lewis, when he had the murder, you know, investigation, all that. They sure. chose. Well, Tom Brady won MVP, and they picked Edelman and Malcolm Butler. Well, so they, it's not always that. Right, right. So they chose. And, yeah, and they might and choose Russell Ray Wilson. Lewis. They chose. They chose Trent Dilfer to go to Disney World. But that would have been a but, social media explosion yes. if Marshawn was in Disney World. Yes, without a doubt. My theory is that NBC didn't allow it to happen. They're the ones that told him to make the pass play. Because if Marshawn Lynch goes to Disney World, stock goes up in Disney. Disney owns. Oh, yeah. Disney owns ABC. ESPN. Put that in your brains. 
<laughs> There's also a lot of social media clutter about the halftime show, and that's why we're bringing in the main man wearing some baller shirts and some awesome fucking shoes. Michael Felder is in the house. Felder, how you feeling, brother? You are is Felder crazy for me. Is Felder the first in studio guest of the pocket episode thirteen? Am I the first repeat guest? You, you are, are. You are, wow. and you just beat out Phil Sims, yeah. who's coming on soon. Yes. He would have been the first. Look at that, doubling up. Oh, yeah. man. Bam. <laughs> All right, so so Katy Perry comes out on what animal was that? I don't know. A lion. I think it was a lion. But it wasn't Roar, though. Was it Roar? It yes. was to Roar. All right, so we missed. We, Adam and yeah. I were shooting videos. Oh, you missed yeah, out. During was, the first part of the Katy Perry thing, so we missed exceptional. it. exceptional. Came out on a humongous... <laughs> A humongous lion, like uh, it was like a, a Transformers lion. Yeah, pretty legit. How was that moving? Uh, I don't know. Probably some sort of science behind it. <laughs> I'm gonna guess pistons, That's hydraulics, right. oh, man. wires. So yeah. you are? Magnets. Are you a? I don't see you as someone that is very critical of stuff. I feel like you're no. a person that enjoys life. I like fun. And what I don't understand, and me and Sims talked about this, I never understand people, and typically it's Twitter, when everyone blasts the halftime show, no matter who it is. And I'm sitting there going, there's an 80-foot lion, and you're yeah. going to get upset about that? With fire all around it. Who doesn't want that? It was amazing. So it started, and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. You know, I was hanging out with Slap Brodell over at Hunter Mandel's crib. <laughs> right. So um, it started, and I was like, okay, I dig Katy Perry. That's what's up. If we can get to that Teenage Dream album, Ooh. I'll definitely be into that, which we did get to. Which Our, what song was would be Teenage Dream album? I teenage know her dream. Teenage, teenage Dream. No, it doesn't uh, go like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. How does it go? Well, now you got to sing it if you're going to call out somebody on it. You make me, me feel like I'm living a teenage dream. Gotcha. That hey, one. That was California good. Girls is on that album. Gotcha. E.T. Right. Kanye West. How does yeah. that go? Um, Extraterrestrial. Uh, you know. Uh, oh, you were oh, you got it. You got <laughs> it. You got it. You got it. Uh, big-headed astronaut. Uh, yeah. Yep, that's it. Yeah. That's it. But I can't get into the chorus yet. I got the other It's unbelievable how many hits Katy Perry has had. It yeah. It seems like not a long time. She did Dark Horse. Right. Well, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. I was waiting for Juicy J to come out. Oh. Uh, Academy Elliot. Award winner Juicy J. Missy Elliott. I couldn't believe that. Oh, yeah. I was going to I was going to say I was ex- I was excited. Yeah, she rocked it. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Was. yeah. She's been gone for Seven, eight years? We had, just disappeared? As soon, as soon as she popped up, Woody, who does Sims and Mine and Yours makeup, yeah. was like, you go, Missy. Go, she looks good. She did look Lost good. a lot of weight. Oh, yeah. Good. good for her. She got on it. She was out there. So and what she was you, working it. Did Were you uh, – the thing that's incredible is here we have the Super Bowl yeah. spectacle. We have all the commercials. We have a play that ends, and there's so much controversy. And the internet has been dominated with shark pictures. Yeah. Left shark. Do you remember the sharks well, that were up there dancing? You showed it to me yesterday. I thought it was CGI at first until <laughs> they started moving around with the camera. I did. I thought it was CGI. I thought it was CGI. I was like, what are they, how are they doing this? Is it holograms? I don't know how they're doing this. No, it was just two two guys in suits. In suits. <laughs> so awesome. I loved it. And I loved it. Look, one, sometimes maybe the moment got too big for him. You know, we talk about got athletes on a big stage. Uh, right. This dance lead on a big stage. <laughs> dance lead. Couldn't come through. He couldn't perform. Yeah, he was a oh, dance lead. I was like, what the heck is he talking about? Dance lead. A dance gotcha. Athlete. Gotcha. Yes, yes. So hold on. I want to make this something for the future where Felder judges pop culture things. It can't be thumbs up. It can't be like five popcorn things. Like, what would be your grading system? What's your favorite thing to cook? 
Oh, man. That's tough. I mean, steak. I like burgers. You burgers. like beers. Love beers. I would say, though. Maybe like homemade bouquets. I do like the flower range. That's my new hobby that I'm getting into. <laughs> my Wait, hands are too big. Who's, what did you like better? Last year with Ooh, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. No. This year with Katy Perry. Wow. Katy Perry. Huh. We, both, we both liked Bruno. I, I would Mars. go Katy Bruno Perry. with a slight edge over Katy. See, I'm in my mind, you know, I'm 30 now. 30. <laughs> Welcome. 30. So, in my mind, it goes in the last, the ones that, Prince. Okay. I was there for that one. Prince Elite. <laughs> Purple Rain in the Rain. What? Right. <laughs> mind blown. Beyonce. Yeah, I mean she she had a I mean, moment. Well, the, the light turning off. She that added to her show. Yeah, it's beyond Illuminati. Beyonce was fierce. Illuminati, and, Illuminati, and she also what? had those pictures come out where she had like looked really weird. I, I'm again. I'm, I'm not with you with the Prince thing. No, no. Well, you know, I, I'm one that believes Prince is one of the more overrated musicians <gasps> ever. Wow. Just, That's um, just dead silence. Just right putting now. it out there. I'm just I don't even saying. know what to say. Wow. You yeah. mean an overrated magician? Uh, magician? <laughs> Musician? <laughs> he's not a great magician. He's cool. I like him. He's awesome. He does everything. You know that he plays all of those instruments. I, I've heard that. So, yes, he probably is better than what I realized. Yeah. I'm just not in, like, I don't find the songs incredibly catchy, grabby, whatever. Oh. I know the two or three hits that I know are, but when I start to dive into it more, I'm always like, eh, okay. Wow. Prince is the man. Sorry. Yeah, let us know on the Ouch. Twitter the Ow. Twitter account Sims Ouch. and Lefko. <laughs> His eye for him? girl talent is great. Oh. That is phenomenal. He It is funny how awkward rock stars always get really attractive girls. <laughs> I don't even think he's awkward. I think he's operating on a level that is yeah, above we're regular right. society. Yeah. That we can't even re- He wore glasses that had a third eye. <laughs> he wore he wore third eye sunglasses. <laughs> All right, so how many freshly felder flower bouquets do you give the Katy Perry performance? Oh, you know what? I would give that thing. That's a full bouquet. You know what I'm a saying? Full bouquet. That's not a hat. That's a dozen. That's a do- that's a dozen roses putting everything together. That's a full bouquet. That's not a half bouquet. That's not a single flower. You know, that's a that's not a speed rush bouquet. That's a uh. sit down. Sit down at the table, strip all the leaves off. I did put like them the- in the wa- put them in the water, cut them up. That's a full bouquet. I didn't know this much went into flowers. It's pretty strong. Hold on. So, what are you going to do for Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day. You going to make your own stuff? Yeah, we usually cook together on Valentine's Day. We, um, we'll probably have steak two ways, lobster two ways, shrimp two ways, and uh, potatoes with some greens, asparagus. Some- you know that Sims has been preparing for Valentine's Day for like weeks. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> The That's worst holiday of the year. <laughs> the worst. What's the worst gift you've given on Valentine's Day? I don't even know. I've, I've had some where I didn't give any, so I guess nothing. nothing. You have to understand, like, my girlfriend listens to this podcast yeah. and is, like, shocked and awed, like, so many times. <laughs> like, you're like, Adam, man, I can't believe you call me flirty. And then you're like, I oh, mean, I would totally go to that soul cycle class and look at girls. And, t- and he's like, that's why he's flirty. Uh, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> you make me better in my relationship. Right. I'm glad I could I help. I hear you. I'm trying to make you better, too. I appreciate glad it. Glad I could help. Felder, you're the man, brother. Thank you guys I so much for having I me. I give you a it's thanks, good to be. It's good to be in uh, New York City. Yeah, Thank it's good you to have so you much. in the NYC. We'll have fun. National Signing Day, we're going to get wild. Oh, Wednesday night, turn up. What, oh. what? <laughs> Speaking of turn up, a double guest edition. That's what happens after the Super Bowl. Uh-oh. The main man from CBS, my dad, Phil Sims, breaking it down. Phil, how are you, sir? Man, that was pretty good. Oh. Pretty good imitation there. Oh, I'm working on it, man. Phil, I'll tell you what. Here, hold on. Before we've been working on this, Chris has been introducing guests, and I want to hear what he drops for dear old dad. What do you got? 
Oh, there he is, big old Phil Sims coming on the podcast. 6'3", 250 pounds from Boarhead State, from Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. Dad, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, hey, look, uh, that, uh, there's two things. I'm not 6'3 anymore. I'm 6'2 and a half. Oh. I'm shrinking, <laughs> and I weigh 241 pounds and not 250. Ooh, wow. I'll have to chow. So you know, we're, we're, I'm fighting for everything, and I want to know this, son. Am I getting paid for this? Oh, of course question. not. No, we're not getting paid for this. This is the most annoying thing I do at Bleacher <laughs> Report right now is this podcast. I'm the booking hey. coordinator. That's why I had to call you yeah, that's why we to get you. you on today. Phil, you are Well, hey, listen, welcome to the real world. You learn, and no matter what the job is and who you are, you do a lot of free stuff, man. That's, that's awesome. just the way it is now. Right, before yeah. we get to the Super Bowl and breaking it down, I'm curious, your son, not good at Valentine's Day, is Big Phil good at Valentine's Day? <laughs> is he is he a hopeless romantic picking up dozens of roses? God no. <laughs> what is no, wrong? No, with I'm you not. Guys? You know, listen, I, I listen. My mom and dad, we were farmers, then they were factory workers. There's eight kids in the family. A lot of holidays and birthdays. There's no such thing, man, when you come from a big family. So, you know, they always get mad at me, my kids, my wife, all of them. Because birthdays, I just think, hey, what's the big deal about a birthday? Because we didn't celebrate them. Gotcha. Hey, today's your birthday? What? Oh, good, son. Let's take you in the backyard and beat you up a little. That'll be your <laughs> gift. How do you like that? Uh, yeah, that's so. how it did work in Dad. So the other thing, too, Dad, is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think the reason Dad and I revolt against Valentine's so much is because, you know, my sister, my mom, my wife, uh, I would say the other 364 days of the year are kind of Valentine Day-ish. <laughs> they have no fear of spending money, uh, especially my sister and mom. They love to spend my dad's money. So I, I, think, I think I have a hard time with Valentine's Day being like, I'm going to show you this fake appreciation on this one day. Oh, you know what? <laughs> As I'm getting older, I'm becoming more political. I'll just leave that one where it is. That's a very <laughs> smart move. I'm yeah. very tempted to send every one of your ladies flowers and go, that Adam is so sweet. Oh, they would love you. Oh, man. You know what? i like for you to do it. You know, that's <laughs> fine. I'm not worried about my position. You can go ahead and try to jump in there. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> That'll be good. Uh, all right, Phil. So, so you're sitting at home. you got the family. Uh, I know Chris's wife laid out a, a fancy spread. You, got, you were eating like a king. You, you finish up your food. You're there with 50 seconds left, ball on the one-yard line, and they go out there. What were you expecting, and what was your reaction? Well, I, I, have you talked to anybody that expected anything different than they're going to run Marshawn Lynch again to the left side after they mushed him for that, what, four yards or five yards on that, that first down carry? Right. You know, New England's in a free fall, and anything they do is probably going to score. But um, – Hey, you know, I'm not going to take up for Pete Carroll. I, I think if it was – I understand his reasoning. He was – that is some quick thinking by a coach to say, here's how we're going to do it to get three plays off. So I, I admire that. I just don't like the play selection. I learned a long time ago from Bill Parcells, short passes over the middle. They're not worth the risk. Now, I know the Seahawks have hit that play a few times this year. Over the years, it's one of their favorite pet plays against man coverage, but put Russell Wilson under center, you, that would probably be the one-time all game where you could run a play action and actually maybe fool the New England defense if you want to throw it. That, that, would, that would have been my thought after the throw, but shocked by the play selection. And, you know, and of course, more than anything, it's, not one, it's one thing recognizing the play. 
but making that interception, oh. that was a one in twenty shot making that catch in that yeah. situation. That's right. And that he was made a the rifle. catch, and it, right. yeah, and you know, making that catch, it changes history. Yep, it changes the way we all think about Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, the Patriots. It brings them up even more, and of course, now that little dark cloud. Goes over Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, and the Seahawks a little bit. It's amazing. Yeah, Dad and I, we haven't even really talked about this a whole lot. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Dad. Of course, over the middle is dangerous. Even if it doesn't intercept the ball, it's gonna maybe gets tipped in the air and gets intercepted by somebody else. You were saying throw the fade to Matthews. Throw, maybe. Put Lockett and Matthews outside. Whoever's got the smaller guy in them, throw the back shoulder fade or the fade like we saw at the end of the first half. If you're yeah. going to throw the football, Dad makes a good point with the play action. But I'm, I'm running the football all day long. They controlled the line of scrimmage from the end of the first quarter on from that point. Uh, I don't know why you don't, but uh, it, it's all done, too. Dad, I'd also like to just, you know, what was your thoughts on just the game as a whole? You know, I, you picked New England to win a close game, uh, but what, what did you kind of think overall? Well, I think it took everything that we all know about the New England Patriots and their coaching staff and how they uh, worked their team and matured. It, it took everything for them to win that game. And there were times when I thought, oh, my gosh, they could be in trouble here. In other words, I thought the game might get away from New England a few times there in the second half. Right. But you think about their game plan, the what they did on the offensive side, get rid of it very fast. I mean, every throw was catch and throw. Right, took away the and, pass rush for Seattle. Right, and, 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 and I was a little surprised by this, that Seattle didn't react to some of the movement and the formations as easily as I thought they would. Uh, I thought they had some confusion. Yeah, They did some bad reads. They made a lot of bad decisions. I mean, we have time. I could – there's a lot. They did some of the things that Green Bay did against them. They did the same things against New England. They just panicked in certain situations when the play called on both sides of the ball was perfect, and they blew it because somebody got out of position, as I always say, especially on the defensive side, they chase the car. You know, when you're a car chaser, you know, the dog that chases the car, he's almost ready to catch the car, and then another one goes by, stops and chases it one. So you never get to where you're supposed to be. And I saw that with their defense, which really surprised me against New England's offense. But the passing game, they wore down the rush. That was the difference in the game. And on the defensive side, of course, their coverage was outstanding, and their blitz runs Blitzing the run yeah. against Seattle is the only thing that saved that defensive front from getting mauled. Yeah, I thought Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower, that's two guys we haven't heard about yeah, all week. You were saying that all I game. I thought they played phenomenal. I haven't got to watch the coaches' film yet. I know Dad did already a little bit. but Yes, I did, and it's uh, there's there's a lot of great things in it. You know, Let's look back to right. three jump balls, Seattle gets them. Yes. Yep. And that was, I, I forgot the yardage. I wrote it down. I think it might be 130-some yards of jump balls. Right. So, yeah, and they, they do that a lot. You know, their receivers practice against a good group every day. So they're pretty tough that way. But, you know, that that was a big part of the offense where you just – man, you can go four weeks and never hit one of those in the NFL. Yeah, so, that's, that's my complaint, too, about them. Too much is predicated on the physical ability of the players sometimes. They do gotcha. nothing to give them an advantage schematically. It's, no. It's no Russell. Easy throws, right. Not it's, one different play in the game as yes. I watched it. And I've watched it a couple times. I didn't really see anything new from Seattle, really, in a two week period. And, you know, no, nothing like to confuse them with the formation, no different kind of look in the past game. Everything was pretty 
routine. Yeah. And wait till you see Showtime tonight. <laughs> there's Belichick on the sidelines talking to his defensive players going, there's nothing new. They're doing exactly what we, we knew they were going to do. There's wow. no new plays. We know them all. So, you know, and he's talking about what you must do, keep him in the pocket, all the – he was going over the most routine techniques, reinforcing them one more time. And I know, I, I, Christopher, we did talk about this for a second. There was not one play that went in that game that New England has not practiced against many times leading right. up to that Super Bowl. Right. Phil, let me tell you something. Your son has been saying all year, and I'm just going to put him on blast right now, that Daryl Bevel's offense is extremely basic, it's extremely elementary, and Russell Wilson is having to go out there and save the offense time and time again. When I saw that play, it reminded me of a play in Eagles history and Giants misery of the miracle in the Meadowland in terms of why would you even run that play? Do you think that's going to like hang over Bevel's head for the rest of his coaching career? Is I, I'm being very hyperbolic right now, but it is the yeah. Super Bowl. I, I don't know. You know, listen, I, I read, I just read more accounts of what went on there just a few minutes ago. And Pete Carroll gave it his blessing. And look, you know, uh, I haven't heard much about Russell Wilson, but I got to tell you, I've watched that thing from behind. When you watch the coaches tape of it and everything, and and, and what comes out is, I would say, 32 starting quarterbacks, all 32 would have thrown the football just like Russell Wilson would have. Right. He did what he but, was coached to do. Well, because you can't see. It's such a quick play. There's no way you can catch it, read it, and define it. Right. And and I'll tell you the other thing that's definitely clear, Lockett had no idea, I mean, zero clue that the defender had reacted so cleanly, and he got hit. He had no idea right. that that defender was there, and his feet went flying up in the air like he'd just been, you know, tomahawked. It was, it was unbelievable. So, you know, I, I really don't fault the players. It was the play call yeah. and in the, the design, the fact that it was so tight over the middle, and you've got to respect who you're going against to knowing that they are great at situational football. Phil, I, I know you hate legacy, so I'm not even going to touch it. But one no, thing- you can because I <laughs> I backtracked on Showtime about legacies too today. I go, oh, uh, yeah, congratulations. I, not, I don't want to hear all that. I said there's nothing going to happen in this game that's going to change my thinking of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Yeah, well, I was wrong because well, it's amazing. I think more of them. It it it, it elevated them in my eyes just the way they handled the game. Um, you know, I give the coaches tremendous credit. Let me ask you this about Belichick. Brady made the throws, and I, I'm, I you can't take anything away from that. That was great execution by the staff and Tom Brady down the stretch. I've heard both of you guys say this, that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. I was not alive for Chuck Knoll. I do not vividly remember Bill Walsh. Was he that, is, is Belichick that much better as a head coach? Is he truly the best coach ever? I, I, I Listen. Christopher Aldis, I'll answer. Yeah. Easy. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I don't think it's close. You don't even think I, it's I don't close? Either. Look, you know, nine championship games? Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. It, it's fit- Six Super Bowls? Right. And you know what? You know who my favorite's going to be next year going to the Super Bowl? It's going to be New England <laughs> because they're going to get more players up there. And I think they'll keep Revis. They'll keep all their main players. I think they'll find a way. Why would Darrell Revis want to leave New England? Right. If the money's even in the same world and goes somewhere else, I mean, he is in heaven where he can just do his job 
and he knows everybody else is being taught well. The environment's like nothing he's ever been around. Yeah, I, I would just be shocked if he doesn't find a way to stay in New England. Hey, so what do you, what, what do you do now? Now that the season's over, do you just hang around? You, are you going to go and hang out at Chris's house and eat all his food? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> what am I going to do? Well, I got a little work to do. I got about two weeks of uh, torture. You know, I, I'm about had it. But uh, a few things have to do business-wise. But after two weeks, I'm hoping to get a little rest and just hang out. And, you know, you don't know you're tired during a football season until you start to slow down. All of a sudden, you go, oh, my gosh. And I slept the other night for 10 hours. I don't think I moved. My left shoulder still paralyzed from laying on it for 10 straight hours. But, you know, but I'm looking forward to some time off. And um, enjoying that and, and, yeah, hanging out with uh, my family and, of course, my grandchildren, too. Hey, last question, I, you know, because I'm in the media, so the, the game was over for five minutes and I had to pick a Super Bowl prediction for Super oh, Bowl yeah. 50. So I've, uh, I chose uh, Green Bay versus Baltimore next year in the Super Bowl. You're announcing the game out there in Ooh. San Francisco, Super Bowl 50. So, come on, give me an early prediction. Be Johnny Media and let us in on that. Oh, I'll take Green Bay and New England. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I think Seattle, I think there's too many decisions to make out there. they got some big-time players, Russell Wilson, Lynch, you know, Carpenter, the left guard, who's a good player. Right, Bobby Wagner. they got Bobby Wagner. they got uh, – there's somebody else that I remember. Byron Maxwell, on. the corner. Well, they got him, but somebody Carpenter. inside. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know who it would be. It might be McDonald's. You know, listen – Seattle's thin on that defensive front. Can right. you sign Russell Wilson, keep Mar- Marshawn Lynch there, do these other things, and still go out and get a defensive tackle or two and a defensive end? I don't see how you, how you can do all that. And the NFC, man, come on. There's a lot of tough teams, yeah. I think, in the NFC that are on this upswing. So it's going to be tough for Seattle to get back there. Yep. All right, big guy, we're done, you man. Know, but last thing, yeah, go Here's ahead. A key play in the game that I didn't that didn't come up enough. I don't think. What the interference? Two, they're up ten. Oh, Jermaine Curse inside the field, and they throw that slot fade right. that they love. Phil, that- let me tell you something. Your son stood up and went, "What the hell did they just do?" And went, and this Curse guy is dropping everything. He was <laughs> freaking out after that play. Oh, was he? Well, that's good, you know, because. I'm thinking, I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, they're going to give it to Marshawn Lynch. Right. And if he doesn't get it, they're going to go four on four. Right. They're going to eat up four more minutes of time. They might score a touchdown. They're going to get a field goal. This is – Yeah. I'm I, thinking New England is that close to getting this game, letting it get out of hand. I agree. I thought they were about to get blown out. And, and listen, what pass down the field, except for a couple where they made a nice they, – they were all over everything. Yeah. So to think that that – Simple play, which I've seen them run countless times, was going to work. Well, it didn't. And the last thing, too, Daryl Bevel, Christopher, <laughs> yeah. you and I talked about this. Either it's simple or it's genius. I think there's a fine line there because they built the team a certain way, and he is really doing exactly what Pete Carroll wants. Right. And it all fits together, so you can't you can't sit there and say they need to do more. Because what they've done is taken them to two Super Bowls. Yeah, I, I know, and I'm critical of Daryl Bevel. But my thing, too, more, and you know this, and Adam knows this a little, too, it's not just Daryl Bevel. There's about seven or eight other offensive coordinators, the West Coast guys, oh, that yeah. they're still running the same plays that Bill Walsh ran against You know your giant teams in 1988, and they never expand the playbook. That's my issue with some of the Daryl Bevel stuff. But that's a conversation for another day. 
Um, <laughs> but all right, Dad, we got to go. We got other guests to do. We're important here. Big time podcast. <laughs> all right, big guy. We'll do it. Do it. Thanks Thank for coming you. on. I'll talk to you later, Dad. See you. All right, good. Talk to you all later. All Take right, care. See you, Bye. Bye. I'll tell you what, man. You know what? That could have gone on forever. Oh, my gosh. You could tell. Dude, That's what Boomer and Carton make fun. When I had a host, yeah. uh, Dad, on the ra- uh, the radio show, Boomer and when Carton. Did I, when was I supposed to cut in? I, I can't find the space. They were making fun before my dad came on, Boomer and Carton. They said, oh, well, we joke. You know, your dad, he just interviews himself. He comes on here and he just talks. And hey, he just, one more thing. He takes one more over. Thing. Exactly right. And the other thing that's really funny, too, I thought about it when he, when he was talking about it. He doesn't realize how exhausted he is until he gets, re- you know, gets a little rest. <laughs> I'm not joking you. You know, he played 15 years in the NFL. Uh, let's say I don't remember the first few. Okay. But, you know, years 5 through 15, the first week after the football season, he was over, every year, I mean, deathly sick. Almost really? The first week, right away. Because he would relax a little and he'd be bedridden for about five to seven days. <laughs> uh because, you know, NFL season, quarterback, New York Giants, Bill Parcells, your head coach. Oh, yeah. A lot of pressure. It's Motion's exhausting. going every week. Yeah. And you don't even have time to get sick because every day is like, I got to get up next morning. I got to worry about Reggie White. Oh, I got to worry about, right. you know, Dexter Manley. So uh, it does work like that sometimes when you work hard. The good thing, though, is when you talk to him and I talk to you and I hear your guys' energy and how much you're fascinated by the game and the Super Bowl's over, but you're going to go back and watch the film. You're not doing this as a job. It's a love, and you just happen yes. to get paid for it and talk about it, and uh, you know it's look. I mean, he's been he's been a part of the game now for like forty years. Yeah, I know. So I know, hilarious. He's but old. look, I, look, we're gonna be able to talk about that play forever. Yeah, that 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 play is should go into football one hundred and one. What not to do? Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of things. Like New England would never throw that play. That would be a cardinal sin. They throw the ball over the middle. New England has little rules about the goal line. They're never going to pull an offensive lineman. They're never going to throw a ball over the middle of the traffic unless it's like a play action. Where I they wouldn't know. do that in Madden. Yes, yeah, so uh, it's it's extremely risky. Yeah, we're gonna. It's one of the two, three greatest Super Bowls of all time, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. I, what I, else is up there? Uh, Tennessee, St. Louis. No, that game wow. I don't think was great. I think the greatest Super Bowl I ever saw. I was actually there. Uh, would be Denver beating Green Bay, John Elway's first Super Bowl. Yes, because the NFC had won the Super Didn't Bowl. Mobley, thirteen or, or fourteen years at the end. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, thirteen or fourteen years in a row, NFC <laughs> domination. <laughs> And, yeah, Elway diving the helicopter. Green Bay was favored by 13 points in that Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, that was that was a pretty special one. So what else? So and that's number probably one. Probably the Giants, 2007, beating that, the undefeated to me, Patriots. I definitely think that was better than that this. That was pretty big time because that story was set up. Oh. But this was Clash of the Titans. This is, it was. This is too possible. I mean, we look at this in seven, eight years and go, Seattle's a dynasty as well. And they lost to another dynasty I've been in meaning, New England. I've been meaning to look up the statistic, and I haven't done it yet. But I'm very curious if uh, the curse play that you were talking about, the third and two, yeah. and I was hoping to surprise you with the statistic, right. from that pass attempt that was incomplete to the ball he caught, I don't think Seattle completed a pass down the field. Uh, yeah, well, they got Marshawn Lynch on that oh, other okay. one to start the drive. To a wide receiver. But, yeah, but yeah you <laughs> might be right. I mean, I mean, listen, yeah, the dad said it. The offense, there's just too much, uh, too much predictability at times in the past game. Unpredictability. Other thing we didn't talk well, about. Wait, uh, one other thing too. That was a perfect transition. I don't really care. The refs, fucking sucked. 
Wow. I am, I, I, I've had it with this over-officiate all NFL season. We're getting to the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden we can't throw a flag. That pass interference the, pissed you off. The, there's other ones. So there was other, I mean, roughing the punter. That was roughing the punter on the first drive. Right. Uh, I mean, the guy almost broke the punter's leg. That should have been roughing the punter. Because you had the first down leg. New England. I saw illegal hands to the face. I saw pass interference. Uh, I mean, is that going to be the new theme? Like, we're going to over-officiate all season, and then we're going to get chicken shit referees to do the Super Bowl who never throw a flag? Yeah, that's two curse words but they deserve it that was great all right let's get so back hold to- on so unpredictability yes i didn't know we were going to have another guest that would be three guests because i one. thought that we someone was going out to a fancy dinner but the only thing getting fancy my friends is the sims and Lefko podcast no dinner oh it's fancy enough to take me away from YouTube jacket. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't think you were going to be here today, Steven. I wasn't going to miss this. Okay, Ooh, good. We got Felder in studio, your dad on the phone line. This is like a best I of. I feel like I, I, I told Vendrick, I motioned to him, I, would, I will leave because you should end on Big Phil. Like, I, I oh, should not no. be. Oh, no. No, he Come probably would have wanted that. Yeah. We would have talked to him Just for one about more an thing. hour and a half. Last thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> All right, TJ Vendrick, thank you for the track. You're a staple of yes. the show, son. I appreciate you. Son. <laughs> Okay. What up, son? What if Chris was your dad? That would be weird. That'd be really weird. Yes. Yeah, the music just killed the whole vibe. <laughs> just killed the whole vibe, Sims. Give me okay. the song back, please. Yes. The end of the Super Bowl. Not just Malcolm Brown's interception, but a brawl that involved yeah, Gronk. No one talks about that either. Right. And Bruce Irvin. Gronk said, quote, I got pushed or something, and it was the last game of the year, and so I was like... Screw it. I'm throwing some haymakers. <laughs> Who would you take in a no hold bar tag team match? Gronk and Vince Wilfork. Okay. Or Bruce Irvin and Michael Bendel. <laughs> were those the four that were fighting, I guess? There was a little bit it, of. Two of them for yeah. sure. The other two I Can I get like fun. a cam chancellor out of the ring with a chair? No holds barred. <laughs> oh, man. So, Bruce. So, so you, you can get. All right. We want to make it a. Just Triple like a Seahawks, Patriots, three, three-man brawl. tag team, whatever. But it's still, I like where your head's at. So here. Gronk. First of all, that brawl was awesome, and I think great. people overreact to it a little bit. Will you know, ruin the Super Bowl. Yeah, people think it's way too personal. People don't realize that you know whoever Gronk punched in the head and Bruce Irving, yeah. they they hugged them six minutes later. No, Michael it's, Bennett was one of the guys fighting. He came up to Bill Belichick. Right, it's and just shook part his of football world. It's also Listen. like imagine these guys have been hyper focused and been winning games, and their season comes to an end, and they're dealing with the realization. Yes. In Five seconds. Exactly. It's okay if they punch a padded player in the head. He's right. wearing a helmet. Right. But Gronk and Wilfork. Wilfork to me is an Andre the Giant. Don't let him get his hands on you, but you can run away from him. Gronk is like a Hulk Hogan. He is the premier heavyweight rock. I look at at Michael Bennett, and I I I just I don't think Gronk will I think ever he's a get wild hurt. card. <laughs> yeah, Michael Bennett, I think Michael Bennett and Gronk are carbon copies of each other. Right. In terms of just, like, not caring. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the Seahawks, man. I just think they're rawer, and I think that no one else on the Patriots will be willing to fight like Gronk. And I think there's, like, 19 guys on the Seahawks that are willing to throw down. Yeah, I think that I would go with the Seahawks guys, too. The Seahawks, uh, I, I'd put their 53-man roster up in a fight against any 53-man roster yeah. and team. That's, that's kind of how I break them sometime, down sometimes. The, the simplest form is to say, if that 53 fought that 53, now, if he would have said Gronk and Chandler Jones, 
relative Chandler of John Bones Jones, <laughs> then maybe we could have put them on there. If you add Cam for the Seahawks and you put Chandler Jones in on the other side, does it sway you oh, the other Cam way? Is, Cam, to me, is like the scariest human being on the planet. <laughs> okay. I'm still picking the Who are you picking? I would take the Seahawks. Okay, yeah. Because I think Bruce Irvin, an underrated part of that <laughs> tag team yeah. match, because he's... Because yeah. he went to West Virginia. Yeah. Explosive, strong, and he looks like he doesn't give a I damn. I love right. predicting yeah. fights. I love it. DJ Spendrick, spin that <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot, a lot to edit there, DJ. Katy Perry yes. made Chris Sims Super Bowl Sunday <laughs> with her halftime performance. She celebrated by getting a tattoo on her finger. Now, if you had to get a tattoo, you had no choice. Of a moment from Katy Perry's performance, (laughs) what moment would it be? I'm not doing the left shark. I'm not. It's so played out. So what moments do we have? Oh, there you got Missy. But is it played out forever? Like if you have a tattoo on, on your body forever, 50 years from now, people might not understand what that is mm. it was a pretty funny moment at the time i'm trying to think what the moments are so you have the left you have the dancing sharks her riding a giant tiger riding a giant tiger that's a big tattoo man i uh, think i just get a little small tattoo of a dark horse turning it Call her turning into the the more you know logo I'd, I'd i'd like to actually get the underrated aspect of the dancing on the beach scene the talking beach ball I think everyone's overlooking the beach ball and going right to the shark. I thought the beach balls were hilarious. It was fun. They were funny. They had those mou- the <laughs> mouths, too, right? Didn't they? With the teeth. Yes. That's a mouth. Mouth with teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm going with a small beach ball on my knuckles. Yeah, that was uh Now, that Chris, was you're racking your brain because you love Katy Perry. I'm so thinking what's your about moment? it. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, I, I said the dark horse. I'm going with the dark that's horse. A, that's a, a cheap know. way out. I'm not going to put a picture of Katy Perry on me. I don't, you know, I don't care. I mean, maybe if she's naked, but I'm not doing it other than that. And I haven't seen her naked, so. Can we get some form of sound effect that when he says something, it goes, flirty, <laughs> like that? Like, she's <laughs> naked, flirty. Yeah, we can look into it for okay, the next perfect. episode, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's quality producing. Thank you. Look into not getting Steven so backed up, okay? Have fun with that. <laughs> Have fun with that. Good editing transition. Last one for you, fellas. Wednesday, National Signing Day. Oh, man. Schools pulling out all the stops to convince teenage boys to come play football. Speaking of Katy Perry. Baylor held a recruiting event, a recruiting dinner. A poster promised multiple chains, new store openings in Waco, Texas, including Papacitos, In-N-Out Burger, Whole Foods, Potbelly. If you were a recruit, and th- oh, those things might not be coming. Correct? And the local newspaper investigated and found out that none of the places are coming to Waco. So, ba- so Baylor football was like, look at all the new restaurants that are coming to Waco, and it's like, no, none of those are coming. If you were a recruit with which Sims you once were, yes, would that even matter to you? No. <laughs> which five stores would you mandate? Be in the town stores slash eateries. Okay, I like that question. First of all, have you guys been to Waco? Yes, no. I have. I have. The Texas Ranger Museum is there. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm just. What I is could, it like? Uh, well, you it, went to UT. I, I could never have gone to school in Baylor because I couldn't have lived in Waco. I'll just say, leave it at that. That quiet, huh? I just yeah, that quiet. Um, 
I would say most of the people are, let's see, what year is it, 2015? They're in 2005 right now. Really? Yes. All right, let's do a store-restaurant draft. Sims, you get the first pick. Oh, store-restaurant draft. Okay, number one, I need just a good staple. Um, I'm going to go with Ruth Chris. I need a Ruth You're Chris. You're on a college budget, Yeah, Sims. man. Oh, okay. You don't, you don't get like a swipe. That's true. Sims gets the athlete. Okay. My budget was different in college. All right. <laughs> uh, but, okay, yes, yes. So let's go back then. Let me, uh, Chili's. I need a Chili's. Okay. I need a Chili's because i got to have my wings. I need a molten chocolate cake. I need fries and a Coke. I'm good. Well, I'm going to go with Pizza Hut. <laughs> you do. Lo- he loves Pizza Hut. Let me Hut tell you something. Valley. I haven't eaten Pizza I can't Hut. believe you're a Northeasterner and you like Pizza Hut. You have Italians in Philadelphia, but you're going with Pizza Hut. It's not even pizza. Pizza Hut is like cake. It's buttery. It's crispy. It's flaky. And I haven't eaten it in more than a year because I live in New York. And did you know that there are no actual freestanding Pizza Huts in the entire city? It's one of the greatest things we got here you in New York. You shut your mouth. Holy cow. It's amazing. A pan pizza. Pizza Hut. Please sponsor the podcast and yeah. give me some slices. Yeah. An Irish guy making your pizzas for you. It's great. Nelson, what's your draft pick? I would say... Hmm. This is why five is too many. many well, you-, <laughs> you know what? I might say Del Taco. Ooh. You know, and I could Del gone, Taco. Del Taco. I've never heard of it. I could have went with the stereotypical California response. In and out. Put it there. But Ooh. Del Taco at two, three in the morning when you get and at my high school, you got these cars and it was buy one get one free for like, and they were like seventy nine cents. Unbelievable. Right? When you're, you know, on a, on a weekend. In the off season, clearly union. Yeah, right. Uh, I would go to frequent Del Taco quite a bit. They have these cut fries. Oh man! And tacos. We're doing. <laughs> yeah, but the burrito, the burritos, the green sauce. That's what I'm about. Okay, I you need I'm staples thinking, like I'm that. I'm thinking college. Yeah, here. okay. I, I like you. You're right. We got to think college. Um, I just had one in my head that I. I lo- oh, I know what I need. I do like In and Out. <clears throat> I'd want an In and Out. Okay. That would be one that I would add to my list, and another one I would add to my list. I need a Benihana. I need a Benihana. That's I fake need ass stir Japanese fry. Sh- yeah, I need a stir fry with a little sake to me, baby. Uh, I love to do sake bombs. We need Old to get a school. podcast sake bomb. Old sesh. school sake bombing, too. I mean, you put the sake on top of the, the beer, and we got to bang the hey, table and knock hey, it in. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, hey. We just go sake to me, baby. <laughs> Your voices are so weird. <laughs> All right, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna call an end of the segment. I thought it was great. I thought it was really well, good. You give us you, no one eats more in this room than you, and you've given us one restaurant. It's because I have no preference. I mean, I will just eat whatever's in front of me. The never-ending pit, Adam Lefko, who well, likes. Pizza I want I want to get to a few things, man. Like, are I, you the guy that like also, orders the Pizza Hut cookie? I'm just gonna say this: we Fuck also that. don't <laughs> have a a store in our uh, fantasy college town here. We just have eateries. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I need a Nike town. I need a Nike Town, and I need a good Sims CVS. Really into this I need one. a Let's good go CVS well, pharmacy. You know what I've realized is, like, I will eat the free peanut butter and jellies that we have here, and then when it comes to clothes, I don't buy any clothes because I get clothes put on me for shoes. For yeah. shoots. I wear sweatpants if I can. Need a CVS pharmacy. Can, I mean, this encompasses life right yeah. there. Dwayne Reed, I'm not a fan. They're everywhere in New York. Yeah, yeah, I'm not either. I like CVS way better than I agree. So uh, I'm going to change the topic, but I wanted to do something because it's amazing. Stay. Oh no, he. I want him to have the microphone really quick. Oh, oh, oh. because tonight is a big night. Is it? Very big night. Why? 
Not just because I'm going soul cycle. Because the podcast is Which done? we'll talk in a second. No. Josh Fendrick is meeting someone tonight. Woo! He's all blushing. His forehead's red. Not even his cheeks. His forehead's red. <laughs> Producer Josh is meeting his girlfriend's mom tonight. Oh. Josh's girlfriend is meeting. She's meeting your, your mom. Your mom? Oh, oh, my God. Is your girlfriend Jewish? Okay, but this yeah. is a big thing in the Jewish world, right? The Jewish mom. <laughs> can she approve of the Jewish, you know, girlfriend? How nervous are you? Give them the mic back. How nervous are you? Apparently very. It's very it's yeah, right I'm, I'm, more, I'm, I'm <laughs> more nervous about this appearing on the podcast <laughs> than I am about the actual dinner tonight. Right. I believe I believe Fendrick is a mom killer. Like oh, okay, not, oh like she oh, hates the moms. Oh, like, he's such a sweetheart. Love Josh Fendrick. There's no doubt. As the son of a Jewish mother, you're never afraid of going to their mom. Right. It's your mom that you're worried about. Right. Okay. So I, you, I love you, that dynamic. Because she'll you? be she'll be brutally honest. Right. And you, I'll know within the first thirty seconds of yeah. whether it's gone to shit or whether it's uh, <laughs> Joshua. She my... seems like such a nice girl. So wait, she... where's your girlfriend from? Let me hear this. I don't even know. I didn't know you had a girlfriend. Uh, she's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I actually just met her on the street a couple days ago. Actually, <laughs> I met her the day before the Bleacher Report Christmas party, and then I brought her here the next night. If you had stayed, you would have met her. Cool. Uh, That's cool. Good for you. So are you excited? Oh, I'm terribly excited. Can you see how red my face oh. is right now? Yeah, it's The brutal. only reason I brought it up was I wanted to see how nervous he could get. Yeah, yes. I'm just, I'm just shaking in my boots right now. <laughs> Does, do you have any Mama Fendrick stories from past girls slash women who have oh, met her? Oh, you're going to get them in trouble now. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to take a pass on that one. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a rain check. Maybe episode, where are we at, 13 now? So maybe episode I had, 26. I had a, an ex-girlfriend that, see, my mom is so nice that she'll be nice to anybody. Uh, my grandmom is the one that's like so honest that it like it hurts, and um, I had a, a girlfriend before that had like like tattoos and stuff. Right. And she met my grandmom, and my grandmom was like kind of like she saw one, and she was like she, like her head got all straight, and she was smiling. Like, she turned at me, and she was like, "She seems so nice." She was, like blowing a circuit in her head. Really, <laughs> her eye was like twitching. Like what? <laughs> she has a tattoo. That is hilarious. Oh man. They're so funny because really when you're dating it's like who cares? You guys got to stop telling your girlfriends and stuff about the podcast. That's you know, well, I they, tell my I've officially told my so wife free. stop a- listening. Let me be free. If you want me to make want money, wife, I need to be able to talk freely, okay? Mine is a subscriber, though. It pops up on her phone every time there's a new episode. There's nothing I can do about that. that that's a tough there's thing. There's nothing I can yeah, do about that. My family's not that technologically advanced. That's amazing. Uh, so another thing that happened in the last podcast, we went on, told the story about SoulCycle. I mentioned the fact that, you know, you would love to do it, right. challenge it. My girlfriend works for SoulCycle. Right. It's looking like there's a chance that we might all be going for a ride. Okay. In I'm which down case, to that. we're going to have to get a camera in there because I need a video of Chris Sims uh, doing Soul Dude, Cycle. Chris is going to be so prepared. Yeah, give me a few weeks. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, like, work what, you out. Do practice? I need to do something. You know, you guys know I was sick for a while. I haven't done anything. I lost 10 pounds in a week. I'll tell you, there's um, nothing you can do to prepare for this. So, That's the, the God's honest truth. Well, let me just say this. It's not going to be worse than losing a game at the University of Texas when Jeff Mad Dog Madden is your tra- your your uh, weight coach, because if we lost the game, forget like we were devastated for the loss, like we were like heartbroken our team, but then we would be like quivering in our cleats walking off the field because we, we knew the next morning was going to be the most miserable workout ever. If we lost, give me a story. They if we lost, give especially me a, give me a loss. I will. So we lost to. Uh, my freshman year, Kansas State, 
early in the year. It's and like so you had never experienced. I don't know what I'm walking into yet. So yeah, exactly right. And I hear some guys talking about it after the game. We lose. It might have been in like September, and it's Texas in September. It might as well be five degrees cooler than hell because it's <laughs> it's a hundred in September still. And I hear guys talking after the game like, man, we're going to get killed tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And I'm hearing it. I'm like, okay, yeah, well, we're going to have to run a few more sprints, right. whatever. Who cares? But, no, I mean, it was it was bear crawl every 10 yards, do five or ten up-downs every 10 yards, then bear crawl ten more. I mean, we did it for hours. And then I think we had to put weight vests on and do it. I mean, it was brutal. I would be physically ruined from the post game workout after a loss for two or three days worse than I was from the actual game does that it was counterproductive yeah doesn't that set you back for the next game it was a little counterproductive yes Texas keeps going on these losing streaks for some reason yes wow that just happened we have some breaking news on the podcast reportedly according to uh clevelandbrowns.com Andrew Gribble senior staff writer over there NFL suspends Josh Gordon for a year excellent attribution thank you that was good Suspends him for a year. Wow. Johnny Manziel enters rehab on his own. Accord. They're in quite the conundrum now because of their horrible draft from last year. That's why you capitalize on drafts when you have a ton of picks. Now they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a receiver. What the hell are they going to do? Well, Ray Farmer will figure it out. Yeah, sure he will. I mean, he's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Browns, man. I feel bad for the Browns, dude. I do, too, because they they're have a good a fan base that is just like, maybe this will be the year. And bad get- owner, bad GM, horrible fire of Mike Lombardi in the most crucial year in the history of your organization, and you turn over the reins to a guy who's never run a draft or done anything in his life. It's nothing personal against Ray Farmer. Maybe it is a little, but nonetheless, ridiculous football decision move there. Jimmy Haslam, the owner, I don't know what he was thinking. Look, man, when you have problems running your private business, you think all of a sudden everything's going to be perfect when you're running a, a, an NFL team? It's the same thing. Yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm sick of billionaires thinking they have the answers to everything in the world. Which is always interesting to me because you always tell me, don't give these guys so much credit. Yes, don't. A lot of idiots in the NFL uh, just because their dad knew somebody. or. And they, I think that was really exemplified when I see all these coaches moving around the NFL. The amount of these coaches that I'm like, that guy seems dumb. Recycled. Did you hear that Mel Tucker got the secondary job at Alabama? I did hear that, yes. Interesting. Uh, Because you got to remember, coaching world, again, you guys have heard me say this, majority of coaches are your ultra-conservative right wing. They just want a guy that they know is going to work hard and say yes to whatever they do. Right. And as long as you do that, you can get recycled for years and years and years. It's unbelievable, man. I mean, the guys that – I mean, the Del Rios and the – I mean, everybody over and over again. It, it just never stops. Yeah, but then that's why you got Bill Belichick. He gets guys that challenge him to a degree. Right. Uh, and then he's constantly challenging his coaches to grow, uh, whether it's the schematics of offense and defense. He challenges himself, whether it was, like I've told you, bringing Chip Kelly into practice right. uh, two or three times in one offseason. He's always looking for more. That's what the great coaches do. All right, so who did you pick for next year, Baltimore and Green Bay? I did. Yeah. Are you excited for this off season? I mean, I, I can't believe it's over. Yeah. We started the podcast midway through the year. We've been doing, I think, we what was it, thousands of videos this season. Yes. Um, and now it's over. 
And it is. has it has it set in? Because it's weird, man. The NFL right now is is twenty four seven three sixty five. Yes, it is. It's it's hard to catch your breath. I mean, we we are doing free agency draft videos twenty hours up the Super Bowl was uh, over. Isn't it unbelievable? I'm already Mel Kiper senior over here. Well, dude, here. we have the combine in like two three weeks. Yes, and then a few weeks after that, we have like pro days and all that stuff. And then a few days after that, I mean, we're in the draft. I'm, I'm excited to watch some NBA basketball. I really are you are. really? Yeah, I am. I love the NBA. Uh, I haven't. I don't think I. Can I've watched we keep this podcast going and stretch beyond the NFL? Do you think we can do it? Uh, without a doubt, I have no okay. issues with that. I mean, I could talk Australian Open tennis with you. I could talk any sport on the planet and baseball. Except so. for yeah, I mean, talk baseball for sure. Exactly. Okay. I could talk boxing. Josh, did you see what I just did there? Tennis. Yeah. Here's Sim saying how annoying the podcast is, but by challenging his fanhood in other sports, I just locked him in. I don't mind the podcast, the podcast, other than that it's the end of the day, and I'm sick of being the fucking booking coordinator. That's what I'm sick of. Well, then you, you're the one with the Rolodex. Yeah, man, you got all the friends. All right, well, when it comes to the NBA, I'm a little short in that Rolodex. Hey, don't I'm, worry about it. We'll take care of that. Yeah, I'm okay. working on Patino. That would be awesome. Yeah? Yeah, he's one of my all-time We're favorites. We're working on Vlade Divac as well. Oh, for Steven Vlade, yeah. Vlade, we like to party. <laughs> that would be... That would make my life. Yeah. <laughs> Patino would be awesome. Patino's one of my probably three, four favorite coaches in all sports. Who are your three, four favorite coaches in all sports? Uh, well, Bill Belichick is certainly one of them. I think Pete Carroll is certainly one of them as well. Uh, You're such a prisoner of the moment. You're naming the three coaches that we talked about on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I know, already. but they were before this, so I don't really care. Um, <laughs> Joe, Mac Brown? Uh, no. Joe Madden. Uh, he is awesome. Who's in the Tampa Bay Devil Rays now with the Cubs. Yep. He's a guy I really like and root for in baseball. Um, uh, Popovich? We said, we said Patino. Ooh, and Pop is a good one, man. Yeah, I love how Papa just, Pop just punks the media all the time, uh, especially during the little timeout breaks. I would love a Popovich and he's Belichick. Belichick. Of, yeah, he's Belichick of basketball. That was like one of the more gratifying moments in my life. I asked Popovich a question once when they played the Blazers, right? And he didn't throw it back in my face. He answered it. it What'd you ask him? Oh gosh, I think it, it was an X's and O's question about it, they'd lost game, ugh, whatever, to the Blazers, yeah, yeah. and I, I I don't know maybe it was something about the difference in the, in the Blazers. So I I forget something. He I just something. I just oh, I don't even remember what I said or what he said. It's a I just scary remember, moment, man. Yeah. It is. It's so. That's the funniest thing is the media all time is the whole game. They're tweeting and they're like, "Oh yeah, blah blah," and then they get to the podium. It's like, uh, 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 uh. Yeah. I don't know what the have ask. I to- have I told the story on this podcast when Patino yelled at me? No. So I was covering Louisville football. Calipari is also another one. Calipari. Calipari. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know. Um, (laughs) I I was covering Charlie Strong, and Charlie is a very literal guy. I'm going to do a Charlie impersonation right now. Yeah. Where Charlie would get done a game, and you go – Hey, Charlie, in the third quarter, there was that punt return for a touchdown that seemed to spark your team. What was the, the emotion like on the bench after that? And they'll go, well, you see, we had a punt return in the third quarter, and we took it back for a touchdown, and it really got us going, and we were good after that. And you're like, come on, Charlie. Like, so you had you to kind of lead Charlie into directions. Great guy. Right. He, he would be, he's a lot better talking football than talking like exes, like he was yeah. just better at talking about the game. Right. Like if I asked about Nick Saban, he'd be great. Right. Um, so I never interviewed Rick Patino. I'd only interviewed Charlie Strong. Right. And I had just transitioned over from news, which is a lot different. We're in press conferences like that. So I go to my first Rick Patino press conference. Uh, they're just opening their new arena, the KFC Yum Center, three or four years ago, and they're taking on Butler, who just lost in the national championship to Duke. And everybody was back. Remember, they went to back to back Final Fours. Right. 
And I get in there, and everyone's asking questions, and Shelvin Mack is still on Butler, and a few other guys are still on Butler. And, and Louisville has this little young guard named Peyton Siva who's never played. Sure. And I asked Rick Pitino, I said, are you at all concerned with their, their advantage in the backcourt of you know, controlling the pace of this game and running on you guys? And he had never seen me before, and he likes to check media members. So I'm in the back with the camera, and he looks at me, and he goes, are you watching coaches film? And I went, well, no. He goes, so you, you understand the game plan. You know what they're going to do. And I went, well, no, I mean, they just have a lot of seniors. He goes, why don't you go back? Think of another question. Come back in a few days and ask me a better question. I love it. And right when I'm gonna like like retort, he goes <laughs> and turns like when, like <laughs> and turn. That's and, why I love him. And I was like, and I was like, I am not gonna look like a bitch right now. Yeah. So I was like, actually, sir, and whatever. And he like he like answered it begrudgingly. Yeah. And afterwards, like all of the older sports anchors in the market came right. up to me like, don't worry, he's done it to all of us. Like you wear on him. Like blah blah blah. So two days later, I'm getting ready for a press conference. They beat Butler by 20. Yeah. Peyton Siva goes off. Right. <clears throat> and I'm like, I need to come something. I literally prepared for that press conference for two hours the night before. I was doing research. I was looking at advanced statistics. I was trying to find something that he'd never heard before. And I come to him and I said, I said Coach, I looked back. Of the last 10 times that you beat a ranked opponent, you have come back and won nine of the games, nine of the next games on the road. You're going on the road. How do you keep your team motivated? And he looked at me and he goes, that's a better question. And then he answered the question. Right. And me and him were great from then on. So he remembered. But, he knew. Oh, but and, and they always know. That's the thing about coaches. They act like they don't know they know. But that's the thing about Pop and Patino and Belichick. Yeah. All of those Parcells. guys. Parcells. Exactly. They, they will answer good questions. But 90% of the media, and we've talked about this with Marshawn Lynch, is just nonsense, bull crap. What is the mindset of the team? Yeah. What, how nervous are you? What's the bi- what are you trying to do? What's the game plan? And we, they, they want everyone asks dumb questions. Will you talk about that big play for me? Will you talk about it. You yeah, talk about talk the big about, play. Uh, talk about. Oh the big yeah, play. yeah. Talk about that big play. I, know, oh, yeah, I love gosh. that one. All right. So uh, next week we, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work on another guest. You guys got LeBron James in your Rolodex? So <laughs> I want. I'm working on it. Fendrick. You want LeBron? I'll get LeBron. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you who Fendrick really wants. Greg Schiano. Oh, I want to talk oh, to Schiano so bad. Yeah. We should be able to work that out. He did go to my high school. so. No, Fendrick can get Greg Schiano. Sure. I don't know if I can sure get him. Sure, he can. I, have some I just don't know if him. we want Greg <laughs> No, Greg Schiano would be great. Greg Schiano's way better football mind than people realize. Don't, Greg don't criticize Greg Schiano. Yeah, Greg Schiano's going to be coaching the NFL before you know it again. It's too really? respected. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. We talk about the 06 Louisville game, talk about the 07 South Florida game. Yeah, I mean, he did bring Rutgers out of obscurity. Okay. I mean, give so him a little credit. you're pitching me on Greg Schiano? Yeah, he's... All right, if you're still listening to the podcast this far in and you think Greg Schiano's a good idea, hit us up on talk the Talk about Twitter the 2006 account. Texas Bowl. At Sims and Lefko, and let us know if you actually want Greg Schiano, or should we make Chris Sims call another person that I find more interesting? <laughs> Not Johnny Damon. Shut up. Johnny Damon? <laughs> I actually think Johnny Damon would be a great guest. As Boston celebrates a Super Bowl trophy, I'd like to hear Johnny Damon come in. I'd like to hear what his long locks of lustrous love and ludicrous laxatives. 
wow. would leave for our lasting memories of what do crazy what do crazy laxatives do to you? Because man, I mean, laxatives are bad as itself, but when they're ludicrous, I don't know. But apparently, you ate some because diarrhea is coming out your mouth. <laughs> Sims and Lefko podcast episode thirteen is in the books. Michael Felder grading Katy Perry. Phil Sims never stopping talking. <laughs> Interviewed himself. And Stephen Nelson always bringing the fire. Thirteen episodes. We are going to continue. Even though the NFL season is over, let us know what you want to talk about. Seriously, we will talk NBA. We'll talk whatever you find interesting, but mainly what we find interesting for Sims, for Fendrick, for Nelson, for the other Sims, for Felder. I am Lefko. Have a great week. We will see you soon.